This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 46. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly sponsored by Locked On, real estate's best software. For show notes from this episode, free downloads, your Locked On Discount for Life link, and Ray's blog, head over to topagentsplaybook.com. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm taking a stroll along the lake. We're up at the cottage. Uh, it's Sunday afternoon, so you can probably hear my footsteps in the background, and I'm recording this on my trusty iPhone because I've noticed the quality seems to be pretty good. Um, this is a podcast about making a podcast. So let me explain. About a year ago, when I first, I think it was February, March, this time last year, uh, 2015, I started recording episodes for my podcast, this podcast, the Top Agents Playbook, and I started getting inquiries from or messages from other agents, people, you know, real estate connections of mine, uh, asking me did they think that recording a podcast could be advantageous for them in their business and how would they go about it, etc. My answer universally at the time was I don't really know. There is a lot of work involved. It probably takes a good half day to, by the time you record it, by the time you edit it, put it all together, upload it to uh, the various podcast channels, etc. So there's a good half day involved there. Anyway, at the time I was unsure. My answer now is a resounding yes. So this podcast today is explaining how I've been using my podcast and why I think that now is an amazing time and there are some amazing opportunities for real estate professionals to record and produce their own podcasts. So I want to explain why and happy to take any inquiries or answer any questions over this. Just check out the show notes. Go to topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 46 and I'll post a little bit more information there. So what I noticed, I guess, after about probably five or six months of recording my podcast, I, I probably made a lot of mistakes. I launched with too few episodes, so I wasn't getting iTunes ranking, I wasn't getting Stitcher ranking, I wasn't even getting sort of much search ranking on Google and Yahoo. And it took a while, but after about six months, I started to gain some momentum. And some incredible things happened. Like I'm lying in bed one morning and I see an article about a book written by a former FBI negotiator, a guy called Gary Nessner. Gary wrote a book called Stalling for Time. Maybe you've heard the interview. Anyway, so I'm thinking that, boy, an FBI negotiator who's written a book on negotiation would be great material for real estate agents. And it was, it is. It's an awesome podcast. If you haven't heard it, just go back into the, my vault and check it out. So I, like it's 6.37 o'clock in the morning, right? I'm trying not to wake Christine. I'm, I'm just bored. 
So I send Gary Ness, now I find his website, I send him a message, how would he feel about doing an interview? No more than two or three minutes later, I get a response, he'd love to. We book it in for later that day, because I think he was heading down to Florida for, for the winter. And within probably, I don't know, a month, uh, I've had, I had thousands of downloads. Uh, it's just hit 4,000 downloads. It's probably one of the highest ranking podcasts that I've done. So, but at the same time, I've made a lot of mistakes. So I've learned as I've gone through the process and it's been fun. I create all the art myself. Uh, I'm a bit of a control freak and I don't really want to spend the money to outsource it because I like to control it all. Uh, I would like to start doing that soon, but I'm doing it all myself. So I'm learning as I go. I'm doing every aspect of it, not building the website, etc., but every other aspect. So anyway, after six months, I started gaining some momentum and I began to work out, hey, Rox, what do you got? After a rodent or something. I began to work out why it was working so well. And, for example, uh, I interviewed Emmy Thies from the Coronas office in Toowoomba, Queensland. And Emmy and her friends loved the podcast. It came out really well. We had a lot of fun. She's got great energy. But they started sharing it. So, so I was thinking, well... I'm connecting with these real estate influencers and in turn they're sharing the podcast with their friends so what I'm doing is I'm actually reaching audiences that I wouldn't have otherwise have had. I did a great interview with John McGrath, I did a great interview with Gary Vaynerchuk, he was really hard to track down. The recent interview that I did with Dan Norris, Dan wrote a book called Content Machine, uh, he initially said no to me. Uh, but I really wanted to get him on the show, and I said, I thought to myself, how can I do it? So I bought 25 of his books, and I emailed him back and said, hey, I've just bought 25 copies of your book. You know, I'd love to feature an interview with you, and we'll offer to give them away on the show, which we did. So interesting aside to that, I later found out, I said, why did you, why did you knock me back? And he said, I get asked for a lot of podcast interviews, a lot, like almost daily, um, and... I guess he's a best-selling author. Why wouldn't he? And the content is pretty awesome. If you haven't read the book, Content Machine, check it out. There's so many good ideas in there for agents. But anyway, he said, uh, he said, my rule of thumb is that if a podcast doesn't have 50 episodes, I don't do the interview. So I think at the time I'd done about 40 or something like that. So I guess I was knocking on the door. In any case... I started interviewing these influencers and the influencer in turn, as I mentioned, started sharing our interviews with their friends. Then it shared so much on Facebook and Twitter and, and you know other social media platforms as well. Instagram, people started talking about it. So it kind of created its own buzz. When you record a podcast, it sits there forever you know it's like the it's like the tree that's always yielding fruit and it's it's most of the content if you keep it what I call evergreen so it's always always relevant obviously technology is going to change but in any case so the other thing I love is that 
I love listening to podcasts myself because uh, I like consuming content that I want to consume. I don't like being told when and where I can consume the content. I like choosing my own content. And there are some brilliant podcasts out there at the moment, very entertaining. I mean, if you can think of a topic, chances are there's a podcast on it. So, uh, so the reason why I think podcasts are so successful is that passively people can listen to them in the car. If I wasn't recording this as, I was, as I'm walking, I'd probably be listening to uh, a podcast. Alec Baldwin, the actor, does a great podcast called Here's the Thing. Check it out. I love listening to uh, Pat Flynn's podcast. It's Smart Passive Income. So you can go to smartpassiveincome.com, check it out. Nathan Chan from Melbourne, who was the owner and CEO of a magazine called Founder, F-O-U-N-D-R. Go to Founder Mag, F-O-U-N-D-R, mag.com. He's got a great great podcast, the Founder Podcast. So in any case, uh, Terry O'Reilly, Under the Influence, is a great marketing marketing, podcast. podcast what's another good one reply all is a beauty uh i'm listening to a great one at the moment called somebody knows something in 1972 a five-year-old boy disappeared from a fishing trip or disappeared while on a fishing trip with his father to a lake in uh, central ontario anyway so 40 years later this guy's gone back to check it out and uh it's interesting, it's called Somebody Knows Something. So if you search Somebody Knows Something podcast, you'll be able to listen to that as well. So podcasts are so easy to listen to, so people can consume them very easily. Like I said, walking, riding your bike, driving. I love listening to podcasts in the car. So I'm all set up, just Bluetooth it through. I'm on the air and, again, I'm enjoying content and I'm learning so much. You know, smart passive income. I'm into online marketing and digital ideas and stuff like that I learned so much you know what's the best technique to do this or that there's so much great content out there for free guys it's just it's there for the taking so um so that's that's I guess the main point I wanted to make is that podcasting is big and it's getting bigger it's so easy because it works and if you target it correctly you can connect with these influences so How would, so let's get into this for a sec. How would a real estate podcast look? What would it look like? What's my opinion on the best way to do a real estate podcast? Well, I've got some very clear ideas on that. And I think far and away the best idea is to create a podcast about your community. People do not, people, I don't believe anyway, people are going to listen to podcasts about real estate, about properties you've listed or sold, you know. If 5% of the market is actively buying or selling at any one point, there's 95% of your market that you're not reaching, right? So if you, had a, if you had a podcast that was focused completely on your city or your suburb or your town and it was non-real estatey, it was interesting, imagine if you could interview the local mayor Right? I mean, what are your chances of getting an audience with the, with the mayor without a podcast? Probably zero. Why is, he, why is he going to want to talk to us? Will she want to talk to us? 
But with a podcast, you can give them the thing that every every public person craves, which is media attention and publicity, right? So, so say you recorded an, an interview with the mayor, 20, 30 minutes. You might talk about specific things that are happening in your town. That's of interest to local people. And suddenly, you're rubbing shoulders with the mayor, right? So your credibility sounds like a horse going past. <laughs> she just loves to run up and down here. She saw a rabbit before and just the fastest I've ever seen it go. I don't know if she I don't really think she'd know what to do with it if she got it. Anyway. <laughs> um, so you're interviewing the mayor, you're going to get this wonderful publicity. It's almost like your credit not almost, it is, your credibility goes through the roof purely because of your association. So suddenly you're connecting with these people that you wouldn't have connected with before. So that's one of the reasons why I think it's an awesome opportunity. Ah, uh, sorry, little interruption there. Roxy just uh, went on one of the neighbour's vegetable gardens and she wasn't too happy. So, um, mm, any, anyway, time to put the beast on a leash, I think. Um, what other influences could you do in your podcast? You could talk to sporting people in the community. You could speak to local business people. Uh, What about local theatre or productions, art shows? What about the events that are coming up in your area in the coming year? What about events that are coming up in the coming month? Could you talk to somebody from Neighbourhood Watch about security in the area? You could do reminders about, I don't know, fire alarms, smoke alarms. Why don't you interview the local fire chief? See, all of these people have their own communities, right? So when you're recording these sessions, your audience is just exploding because everybody's got an ego. If you interview the fire chief or the school principal or a building developer or an architect, they're going to share that with their community. So let me address a question that's probably on your mind, which is, that's all very well, Ray, but how's this going to help me get more listings and make more sales? Well, when you're, when you become a person of authority in your community and you're getting much more publicity because of your show, your local show, it's like you've got your own radio station. Um, When you're doing that, you're going to start attracting other influences in your community. So you'll be attracting... It it will become known that you run this show in your community, but you're also a real estate professional. Plus, you can leverage it in so many ways. You know, the first thing I'd be doing is that if I set up a a podcast for my area, um, I could also then uh, set up a web page, obviously, and I would set up a Facebook page. Come here, Rox. Essentially, you're connecting with these people that you wouldn't have otherwise connected with. So do I think it's worth the effort to set up your own real estate podcast? Yes, I definitely do. It's not something that you're going to want to do unless you're 100% committed because I think it would be far worse to do one or two podcasts and then they call it pod fade, nothing happens. I think it would be worse to do that. It just kind of shows that you're not really good at following stuff through. So 
unless you're 200% committed to it and you're really going to do it, then don't start. But if you'd like some ideas on how to get started, then I can definitely help you. So talk about the mechanics of, uh, of a podcast just for a moment. It all revolves around the website because the website is where you park your podcast. They're not hosted there. They're hosted on another service. But uh, your website is really the central hub to all of this because that's where you want to direct, direct traffic to. So what you'll find is that once you can start driving traffic to your site, um, you'll need what's called a little lead magnet in there so you can offer people, you can start collecting names and, and addresses and, or email addresses and building your list. So, you know, seriously, if you're passionate about marketing, again, I would suggest you read Dan Norris's book, Content Machine. Uh, it is heavy going, but it is really, really good content. And I think it's definitely the way of the future. So that's my, uh, that's my two cents on the whole thing. Uh, I, I would definitely, if I was in real estate today, knowing what I know now about podcasting, I would definitely do it. I know it's not going to be suited to everybody, but it is like having your own radio show. And I think it is a great way to boost, boost your personal profile, boost your personal brand, and get your name out there in, in your community probably one of the most powerful ways that you could do it so you know i know people do videos i think the videos are awesome but i think a podcast just has that little bit of magic and you know brings it back to the page where you can offer links and all of that sort of thing so that is my opinion about all of that uh again message me if you'd like to know more uh i'm working with some people at the moment helping them set up their podcasts there is a bit involved but i can i can show you very quickly how it works so Keep me in the loop. In the meantime, dream big, take names, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Cheers. Okay, well, it's now Monday evening, about probably 15 minutes after I got back from my walk with Roxy. The uh, heavens opened, and then we woke up this morning, uh, and it was snowing. So uh, winter is is not behind us. I've just listened back to uh, my my talk or that podcast uh, that I that I delivered during my stroll into my iPhone, and in fact, this is uh, I'm now back in uh, my studio, I guess, which is a converted second bedroom. So uh, there is uh, not a lot of glamour to it, but it seems to work very, very well. The equipment nowadays for recording a podcast is is just amazing, and you can set yourself up very cheaply. Well, you heard what I did from my iPhone. It's interesting, you know, with the Apple products. Uh, I use GarageBand to record everything, and that comes with a Mac. Uh, with my iPhone, it's got a built-in voice recorder that comes with your iPhone. So, probably two of the essential things you need if you're a, if you're an Apple fan are already included. So, uh, not that you can't do it uh, with a PC, and I'll talk about that in a sec. So, you can probably hear the difference now. This is a uh, a Shure Brothers microphone. It is a sure it is a sure brothers uh, SM7B and uh, sure SHURE uh, and I think I paid about 400 bucks for this microphone I found out later that there are very similar microphones that uh, are nowhere near that price that 
deliver just excellent quality. So uh, do your homework on that. So a couple of things I want to mention that I think I, I, I that I know I left out of of that podcast. With your guests, you need to work your way up. You're not going to ask uh, Elton John or the Prime Minister onto your first podcast because it's just not going to happen. You need to work your way up. Maybe there's some clients that you know, somebody who runs a local restaurant, somebody who'd love some publicity, and then you can just start kind of bringing all that together as you build the momentum with uh, with um, higher and higher profile guests onto your show. As far as costs go, I just mentioned that GarageBand is free on Apple Mac. Uh, there's a program called Audacity, which is pretty cheap, I think. I don't know what it is, and that's that's on the PC version. I pay about 50 bucks a month for two subscriptions that are essential to getting the podcast out. One is called Orphonic, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C, and I'll put all of this information on the show notes, uh, Orphonic, and that is a terrific system that lets me uh, upload the interview to the Orphonic website, and it processes it, takes out the highs, the lows, and gives me a great even sound, just like an automatic production. Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, which I think stands for Liberated Syndication. I think I've talked about that on other shows. Um, in any case, that is where the the actual file, um, the MP4 file, is actually hosted. Uh, and that is uh, a site that lets me measure the number of downloads, etc. I spent a few grand on my website uh, I think uh, getting a good website is important. I don't think you need to spend a lot of money, but if you um, you know if you spend peanuts, it'll look like a monkey, as they say. So, also here's here's something that's going to happen when you ask somebody to your to be a guest on your podcast. Guess what they're going to do? First thing they're going to do is they're going to go to your website and check out the other podcasts and see if this is something that they want their personal brand to be involved with. So. I think it's pretty important that your website looks really professional and so somebody can proudly send that link to their friends and say, hey, I just got interviewed by uh, Ray Wood or, or whoever and uh, here's, here's a link to the podcast and that'll go straight to their show. Obviously, your website needs to be completely mobile friendly as well. I've listed some of my favourite podcasts. I mentioned some of them in the show. I'll, I'll list them in the show notes as well so you could see them. Uh, I made a few other notes. Um, what have we got? Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. You can create a podcast basically in your spare bedroom and launch it to the world within a few hours. I think that's just amazing that we can do that. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in this room I can, I can record this, I can get my message out, uh, I can uh, say all the things I want to say, and within a few hours, I've put it off in Orphonic, through Orphonic, I've got that file back, uh, I've uploaded it to iTunes, and I'm golden. So I just think it's quite amazing that, that you can do that. One other thing I forgot to mention as well is that you can drive traffic to your site by asking people or suggesting that people go to your show notes like I do all the time and they can pick up something there. Say if you say if you interviewed a uh, a famous chef or a well-known chef or a restaurateur or somebody in your area. You might ask them if they can if they can uh, offer a recipe to one of their 
not the, I don't know, not wanting to give away special secrets or anything, but they could offer a recipe to, to a dish and people could get it from your website. You need to look for ways that you can drive traffic to your website because ultimately what you want to do is you want to collect people's email address and name. So then you can market to them and you can offer them other things and you can definitely let them know that you are a real estate professional in your in your area. So there's just a few other things that, that I thought you might like to know. Uh, as I said uh, earlier, if you'd like more information, I am working with some people at the moment. I have learned a whole lot. Uh, I would do things probably a lot differently now than, than what I did, but you know we live and learn. So I've learned a whole lot. If you'd like to know more, then please, uh, please reach out and connect. Uh, I love talking about this stuff. I'm really passionate about it. Uh, and I mean, I've seen what it's done for, for me. Uh, and I think for somebody in real estate, it can offer them so many advantages as well. So that's my view. I look forward to catching up with you again on the next podcast real soon. Cheers and take care. Bye. It's no coincidence real estate's top agents use real estate's best software. Locked On is so popular with top producers because it's laden with features, but so easy to use at the same time. Backed by the number one support team in the industry, agents say Locked On is fast, reliable, and like having two assistants. If your real estate software and systems are holding you back, why not experience the ultimate cloud-based solution and take your productivity to the next level? To get your free 30-day trial and for special discount for life deal, go to LockedOn.com forward slash Ray. You've been listening to the Top Agents Playbook podcast. For show notes from this episode, recent podcasts, and lots more, go to TopAgentsPlaybook.com.